ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the second installment of a little thing we like to call Spaghetti Shootout. Now, thank you very much to all those who watched our very first one. Apparently, you actually liked it enough that we decided to do a second one. So, a big thanks to those folks out there. Let's do a quick couple of caveats before we get into the show, something I like to call the caveat corral. Uh, we're gonna enter into that for a bit of chat and then we'll get into the actual debate. So, Jimmy Hamilton here, I am the host. I set the rules. There are no written rules, there's just whatever <laughs> pops into my head at the moment. Thanks I'm, for going over those with us, by the way. Very easy, very quick. I have a tablet in front of me. I can award points to these gentlemen based on their arguments, things that I like, in one, three, or six point increments. Now it's very simple at the end, whoever has the most points is the winner. Now I can also take away points. So if I don't like something that you two say, you're getting docked. Now another thing I am going to point out here before we begin, there's a little way that you as the audience can get involved in this. You can become the meatball of the month. Yes, that is a good thing. That's something you want. Now, uh, <laughs> dare to dream, everybody. Dare to dream. Now, if you have a topic you would like to see debated on this show, drop it in a comment here on YouTube or on social media, or you can even send it to us in an email to vortexnation at vortexoptics.com with the subject line, meatball. And uh, throw out those suggestions. If we like your suggestion or multiple suggestions enough, then you will not only get that awesome title, but you're gonna win some things. A 10 by 42 set of Crossfire binoculars, a $100 Vortex gear shopping spree, and a cameo from our very own Mark Boardman. Jim, you know I don't, that is? no, I don't know what that, I don't know what that means. It's in the cloud, so you don't have to know what is it Is that means. like a contractual obligation? It is, it is, you'll get that. So these are all some very awesome uh, things that you can win if you inject yourself into the spaghetti shootout. Now, I think I've done enough. We're going to exit the caveat corral out onto the main road of our Wild West town here for the duel. All right, gentlemen, here we go. Getting into topic number one, I'll remind you that you have two minutes between the two of you. I'll start off on this very first one with Ryan because you won the first round. Need I remind everybody too, by the way, he got 43 points, 43 to 41. It was a close round, winning percentage of 100%. That is uh, good stuff. Average points per game, 43. Uh, all good things. So Ryan, you're gonna start. Mark, you can interject whenever you feel necessary. Okay, topic number one is most gimmicky piece of gear. I think in this case, the originators of this question were referring to hunting, shooting gear. Why don't you begin, Ryan, now? Many of the super gimmicky pieces of equipment, I think, reside in the big game hunting worlds, followed by um, fly fishing, followed by uh, probably waterfowl. And one of the most gimmicky pieces of gear I have ever seen is called the deer view mirror. I do want to back up and say if you've ever used a deer view mirror, and successfully so, I'm surprised and I'm sorry, <laughs> for, <laughs> I'm sorry for bashing on the deer view mirror. Uh, premise is this, flexi arm, clamp thing, clip it on a tree branch or the front of your tree stand, and it's got a rear view mirror that allows you to look backwards to see if there's a deer behind you. If you've ever driven in an automobile and you've ever looked in a rear view mirror, you have an extremely narrow field of view, the color is wrong and the depth is all wrong, objects in the mirror are actually closer than they appear. Um, just turn around, like just 
It would never work, right? Yeah. It would never work. How would you know there's something behind you to turn around and look at in the first place? The the amount of time that went into the advertisements for the Deerview Mirror, the, the the framing of the photograph, the the whole thing, I just leave it leave it be. Don't don't bring it into the woods. Ryan, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to uh, stop you right there, but I'm also going to ha commend you on your selection. The Deerview Mirror is a great choice. I do. It's almost laughable in some ways. I also like that this is our second episode of Spaghetti Shootout, and we're throwing stones at other manufacturers. So uh, that's a. Uh, really uh, cool of us there but uh, you've got like literally something that is engineered for the most static form of hunting you're not moving and yet turning around is just gonna be too much now again great choice I think it's only available in black now it used to be available in OD green I've got a level of guilt associated with the deer view mirror because back in my Cabela's days I think I actually had to write copy for it and try and talk people into it one? so oh I live gosh. with that you guilt. tried to sell the deer view mirror. oh yeah I live with that guilt every day of my life Jim I've only got a few seconds left I'm going with the cough silencer it's absolutely ridiculous it's this cylindrical device that you're intended to cough to to suppress or hide your cough in the field I get the concept the execution not there also I've actually coughed over literally over many deer and if you cough into your arm it's actually not that alarming of a sound I found you out there comment has your cough scared away a deer let us know I'm not aware it has for me. That being said, there's a lot of deer running around with various colds and maybe even COVID now that you've coughed all over them so well sorry do you own a deer hey, view mirror? You know what? No. Do you? You don't? Have you owned a deer view mirror? I have never owned a deer view mirror. Have you ever used a deer view mirror? I have not. Have you used a cough suppressor? It's not mine. <laughs> uh, all right, we got a couple of points awarded after that one. I'm starting us out easy. I'm being a little picky with my points here right away. So it's five to five. You guys are tied up. We're gonna move on to topic number two. Hopefully we can get a few more zingers in there. Let's see what happens. Oh, I think we will. Now, bobbers, gentlemen, referring to fishing, are they worth it? Ryan, you started the last time, so Mark, you're going to kick off this two minutes. Please begin. Okay, Jim, like so many topics, I feel like we need to have some context here. But first I'll say, as sportsmen, as sportswomen, as hunters and anglers, if we are not criticizing each other about how we pursue our favorite activities, then what do we have left? And that's exactly what I was doing to our good friend, Mr. Ken Calhoun, when he told me that he caught all these big smallmouth bass over the weekend. And I said, oh, what'd you catch him on? He goes, I was bobber fishing. Jim, I was taken back. Now, I have nothing against bobber fishing or bait fishing. I love all types of fishing, but I just don't think that you should really bobber fish for bass. I'm being critical. I was expounding my thoughts to my friend Ryan Muckenhern, uh, in which I pulled my car keys out of my pocket, out fell a bobber, but it was a gasp. bobber, yes, gasp. Uh, I was guilty as charged. It was a bobber for steelhead fishing, which is 100% different than bobber fishing for bass. You know how sometimes people go out and they buy, like buy The way out? I do it is okay, Just Jim. hear me out. Ryan. You know, they go to the sporting goods store and they buy all the equipment so that they look the part. They've got the fancy nets, the fancy waders, the fancy coolers, the fancy sunglasses, the fancy hats, the fancy rods. I once heard Mark describe them as art school waders. Thank you yeah. very much. Um, <laughs> I think what Mark's getting at is that if given the choice, he would prefer fly fishing. And not because it's a more effective means of take, but because it carries with it a level of prestige and... And, you know, whatever it is, the aura he wants to admit, or emit, rather. He doesn't actually want to admit it. 
Um, bobbers are absolutely worth it because they tell you when you have a fish on. And if the objective and the goal here is catching fish, the bobber tells you when it's there. You, on the other hand, are doing this for the gram. Like, you wear the waders, you wear the things, you talk about the flies, oh, they're biting on helgrimets. It's, it's a ruse, it's a Ryan, show. Ryan, look, I'm sorry you don't know how to fly fish. Correct. I can't fix that. But I'm no purist. I do all kinds of fishing, and actually many times fly fishing can be the most effective type of fishing over all other forms. I like all kinds of fishing. Most Except effective, most effective, <laughs> most effective for gaining likes and views. Thank you. If that was the case, uh, then I would post more than three times a year on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Correct, Ryan. He gets a point for that. He is right. How Your does he Instagram have game after that. You just admitted it. Your Instagram game's pretty weak. Maybe so? if it was stronger, you'd have more points. Maybe if you were good at fly fishing, you could get more Instagram points. But. Okay, we got to stop awarding points here off the clock. We're going to move on to topic number three. Before we do, I need to remind everybody out there that you can become the meatball of the month if you just submit a really, really excellent topic that these two can debate and we choose it. Preferably a topic that has two very, very clear sides that you think these two will disagree on. Everybody loves I mean, just think they could be a part of all this. You could be part of this. Oh, it's so exciting. Topic number three, gentlemen, is coming up on the screen. Ooh. Okay, we've discussed this one in the car before. I've been in the vehicle with you two when I almost had to turn the van around. Whitetail or mule deer for the rest of your life. Ryan, please kick us off on this one. The correct answer is mule deer. A uh, number of different reasons. One, the terrain they inhabit is mystical, magical. Um, there's mountains, there's prairies, there's pine, there's sage. Well, number two, they're superior deer. When you look at them, they're bigger. They have bigger racks. Um, they hop. Oh, as so opposed... antler sizes. Okay, that's one hundred percent. Yes, absolutely, okay. Mark. Which is why you, you know, just I have no argument. I, I was about to say something very slighting, and I'm I'm just not going to say it. But mule deer are the superior deer. They inhabit greater places. They are more fun to hunt. They bound instead of run. The bounding um, is fun to watch. Correct. Um, White tails. It's called stotting. Give him a point. Huh? He's, yeah. he's, I give him two. two. All right. Um, Whitetails are the raccoons of deer. Hashtag disagree. Whitetails all the way. Now, I, I, I won't completely disagree. Mule deer are fantastic creatures. Whitetails are just better. They're more fun to hunt. Whitetails are a, just deer. They live in a variety of terrain, including mule deer habitat, which they're kind of uh, encroaching on. <laughs> but... Uh, they're callable. Now, people will argue that, oh, you can call mule deer. It's not the same. Whitetails, at least from a hunting standpoint, are way more vocal, way more callable. There's more ways to pursue them. You can tree stand hunt them. You can hunt them in egg land. You can hunt them in mountain country. You can hunt them in bluff country. They live everywhere. They do all the deer things. They do get big racks. And I tell you what, there's nothing that compares to bow hunting whitetails in November. And that is a fact. You cannot disagree. So it's an accessibility thing for you. So because they are easier to come by. Ryan, I grew up hunting as far west as you can, hunting blacktails in western Washington. I've hunted blacktails, whitetail, mule deer, and coos deer. Why are you still here? Oh, I should be whitetail hunting. Okay, but it is an accessibility thing for you. It's like it's easy. No, it's not easy. Okay. Man. 
I tell you what, that whip crack hit a little different. Now, <laughs> that whip crack just hits different. It did, that particular one. Um, now, I do want to point out that even after the first one, uh, all three of us have somehow remained friends. Although after the second one, I, I can't guarantee that. I would like to point out for those of you who are listening on your commute, perhaps on the lawnmower, if you are, I really hope you're listening on one of those old school giant headsets with a huge antenna sticking out. My dad has that. Uh, yeah, I bet he does. Your, your dad has a lot of like really awesome old school dad stuff. Uh, if you're just listening, the score now is Mr. Ryan Muckenhern 22 and Mark 17. They were back and forth there. There was points being awarded to both parties throughout that entire last round. Let's see what happens on round number four. I'm very excited for this one, guys. I'll tell you what, I get to know the topics ahead of time, and uh, this one's got a little bit of a twist. So, this says, you are reincarnated as a North American big game animal. What are you and why? But wait, here's the twist. You're answering on behalf of each other. Okay, so Ryan, you're going to have to give your hypothesis as to what North American big game animal Mark would be, and vice versa. <clears throat> Are we ready? This is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. Now that Mark has admitted that, I'm going to have Ryan actually start this one as well. So, Ryan, your two minutes begins. Go. Depending on your state's game regulations, you might see wild turkeys classified as big game. And we're going to use those states for this example. Mark, if you were a big game animal, you would be a wild turkey. That's fair. Okay, okay. <laughs> Even Mark agrees. I'm having a hard time pinning down which specific subspecies because I like chasing Merriams. I like chasing Rios. Now, admittedly, I've never, never chased Osceolas. Um, and I love chasing Easterns. But a turkey, no less, because turkeys do things just a little differently. You're constantly nervous. You don't know what you want. You cannot commit to a concept or idea without, like, commiserating with your fellow turkeys. I like input. <laughs> and for no reason whatsoever, you're just always spooky. And you, I may be described as erratic in nature, perhaps. Yeah, yes, correct. The very with reason. Good intentions. No, hold on a minute. The very reason why I love. Hunting turkeys We're though, go a little long is, is the very reason why I classify you as a turkey. Because just when I think you, I have you figured out, you do something so innately bizarre and undefinable. Oh, I think bizarre is a little extreme, and I'm just going to cut you off right there, Ryan. Because <laughs> I, I think if you were reincarnated as an animal, uh, and I guess this is just due to uh, things that I know uh, about you in your life, I think you would probably be an elephant or a whale. Now that's because of your height. And you're, <laughs> Jim, these are two of the smartest animals on this planet. Um, I, I, guess I actually think Ryan is a did, very. This did say North American. I'm going to give him whale. We have whales. We have whales. We don't and have elephants. Are there whales outside of SeaWorld? They're in America? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We've got tons of whales. American waters? Or are we talking about yeah. international waters they, here? They care about the, uh, the other people in their pod. They're pretty darn smart. Like I said, you're tall. You got the height. We'll go with whale. Because of his height and the fact that he's nice. Yeah. Well, we can't be complimentary. That was bizarre. Like I said, with that turkeys. Was, yes. Just when I think I have you figured out, you do something so odd that 
I animals have all animal Ryan, you're a very modest person. Animals have all sorts of attributes. Let's move on. Topic number five. Okay. This is gonna be a little bit more of a uh, what would you be question. Okay. Now you're answering for yourself. You are a cartridge. What would you be? What would you classify yourself as? Ryan started the last one. Mark, why don't you kick off this two minutes? Go. Ah, boy, Jim, in honor of July the 4th and this great nation, even though it's just passed, it's still fresh in my memory, and I'm going to go with the good old 30-06. That round was instrumental in winning World War II, and that's exactly one of the big reasons why we all get to stand here today like idiots. That cartridge is phenomenal. It's versatile. Grandpa loves it. I love it. You can load it up. You can load it down. Heck, you could have 200 grainers. You can do 22 accelerators to shoot grouse, Ryan, because we all know <laughs> grouse can't fly. And uh, what, what else do you need to know? It's one of the greatest cartridges on the planet. It's all you really need in a centerfire cartridge. I'm going with the 30.6 America. Okay, there you go. Point for America. Uh, I've never shot a grouse with an accelerator round, so I really can't speak to what happens when you hit a grouse with an accelerator round. You ever round. shoot a grouse in the head with a .30-06? No. Me either. Okay. That was, again, very turkey-like <laughs> movement. <laughs> you know, around the time that the .30-06 came stumped to at glory... You the point. Well, thank you. Around the time that the .30-06 came to glory, they needed a better solution. And I'm not going to take away from the old 30 government 1906, but they needed a better solution, something a little more portable, something a little more streamlined, something we could pack more capacity into to give our troops a further defined advantage, a force multiplier, if you will. Enter the 308 Winchester, something that has carried on from the 1950s as one of the most prolific centerfire cartridges of all time. It is chambered in carbines. It is chambered in rifles. It is chambered in multiple rifles from multiple different countries. It is chambered in medium machine guns. It is chambered in mini guns. It is one of the most popular and capable sporting rifles and cartridges, excuse me, an improvement over the 30-06. And where did it come from? It came from the 30-06, oh, but weird. from that, hmm, weird. but it improved upon the 30-06. It did, but you don't have it without. Guess what? My truck is an improvement on the Model T. Pretty sure. We need the Model T to get there. Uh, I actually like the Model T reference. Good job, Bart. 31. Was that it? Was that all of them? Tell you what, boys. That was it. The end. That was topic number five. And here we lie. 34 to you, Mr. Ryan Muckinern, and 31 to Mark. A little bit more of a low-scoring game. Again, you have no idea because this is all at my discretion. Uh, but you know, I was just feeling a little bit more, uh, a little bit more picky. I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch. I watched watch films. Film? I watched films last time. Yeah. I'm going to watch films again today. Like I, uh, I feel like I'm seeing some consistencies in the scoring process. Re really, you maybe. are. Well, maybe like an athlete watching film, I think you should you, tailor I your think game. You like Ryan better. I'm appalled. I have you no didn't comment. deny it. Ryan, you get the last crack, which is a one-minute segment. You can talk about anything you want. Begin. Common question we get here at Vortex Optics is what binocular should I choose? Again, we are entering hunting season. We're coming up to it. If you're still wondering what binocular to get, here's what I'm going to tell you. 
I want you to pick optical quality over optical quantity first and foremost. If you can't see that which you are looking for, it doesn't matter how big the image is. Modesty in optics will bring you the greatest degree of success. Pick a line that you can afford and then absolutely, absolutely double down on the optical quality first, then jump into the quantity. Very nice, Ryan. Yeah, those are, those, are, those are facts. I just, those have, are facts. just have to let people know. People want to know. Yeah, yeah. They they love to know that. They love to know that. I also, you know, I mean, math is in, juice, math is important too. But I slept through that also. <laughs> get an extra point. Didn't bring you up to thirty-four, but you get an extra point. Thanks. Thanks, James. Thank you, and thanks to everybody watching, listening. There's that whip crack. Uh, again, don't forget, we want to hear from you. You can be a part of this. Be a meatball. I don't know why you would want to be, but you can be <laughs> by submitting some topics for these two gentlemen to argue over. Be a meatball. Become a meatball. Meatballs for life. Uh, <laughs> just going to end on that, I think. Thanks for watching, everybody. Hopefully we see you on another Spaghetti Shootout. We will return to our regularly scheduled programming coming up after this. This will be about once a month. See you next time. A whale. Yeah. Like you've said, we've shared a lot of rooms. <laughs> <laughs>